Pack your bags, it's time to visit Las Vegas, America's capital for fun and entertainment. This is Vegas Never Sleeps with Stephen Maggi. Hello again and welcome to Vegas Never Sleeps. I'm Stephen Maggi and I hope you're enjoying your Thanksgiving weekend. Here in Las Vegas, as always, there's a lot going on. Today's show features our Vegas insider, Scott Robin, discussing Circus Circus and its surprisingly wonderful steakhouse. Stephen Cutler of the Casino Legends Hall of Fame also is chatting about Circus Circus and Caesars Palace as we talk about the creator of both, Mr. Jay Sarno. This week also features part two of our conversation with author Rob Mish. Today, we're going to chat about a legend in the world of boxing. And as long as we're talking about legends, let's talk about Frank Sinatra. Frank's gone, but his memory lingers in Las Vegas, thanks to a guy named Gary Anthony. And this is Gary, not Frank, singing the song, The Summer Wind. I lost you, I lost you to the summer wind. The autumn wind and the winter wind. They have come and gone Still the days Those lonely days They go on and on And guess who sighs His lullabies Through nights That never end My The summer wind Warm summer wind mm, The summer wind When you come to Las Vegas, you do see a lot of these people that put on tributes to the various stars that have been through Vegas, be it Dean Martin, of course, Elvis Presley, there's a million Elvis impersonators, uh, there's Neil Diamond people and so forth, and there's some that are quite good. But the hardest one to do without question is Frank Sinatra. I mean, even Rich Little said of all the singers that he did impressions of, Frank was really the toughest for a lot of reasons, and we have the very best in the business with us today, Gary Anthony, and we're going to ask Gary how he does it, but Gary... It's, it's got to be a real thrill for you to be called that, because I know you do this in part because you love the music of Sinatra so much. Absolutely. By the way, you look marvelous, baby. <laughs> Thanks, <laughs> <How> Frank. <are> <laughs> <you>? <laughs> well, I'll tell you, playing your stuff... It, it's funny. A lot of times you go there and you hope the particular singer is close, you know, and it can be kind of fun. Yeah. Your stuff is, is beyond that. I, th- I think Frank would have been thrilled, i, I got to <laughs> say. Uh, and... You say even, you know, you grew up kind of at the same time I did, but instead of getting into the Beatles and that kind of thing, because of who your dad was, you were a big band guy. Tell us a little about that. Yes, my father was a conductor in Los Angeles at the Million Dollar Theater downtown. I grew up literally in the pit. Uh, while my dad's uh, directing, I could see him with his goatee looking up and, uh, hey, Dad, we need some water. Hey, quiet down there. I'm, I'm, I'm directing. <laughs> <laughs> so we kind of grew up in the business. My parents were heavy in the business. But my dad also had big bands, and he would have all the musicians in the house. So I grew up with the music, and who am I going to listen to but Frank? I could, I, I could not get away from that voice, even as a three-year-old. <laughs> 
You know, it's it's really true. I mean, when I listen to Frank Sinatra, you know, and my daughter, who's, you know, obviously much younger than either of us, she loves that music, too. And you talk to people, you realize, I guess he was the just the consummate pro. I mean, there's a, yeah, a lot of people can sing the song, but he makes it his. Oh, my gosh. Uh, there's so many growing up singing Frank uh, I, I, since I was a kid. I wore out all his albums, especially the, the live one from The Sands, Sinatra at The Sands. I wore that out three times because that was his best, as far as I was concerned, his best live performance ever. And uh, I wore that album out, but, but by, just by listening to his phrasing, is, is, it brings it home. It's sort of like it's life. It's all about life. These lyrics, the way they wrote those lyrics, it was so beautiful, and the music was beautiful. So it was the mixture of the writers, the lyrics, and Sinatra. Absolutely. And the thing that was great about Frank, too, is... You know, and he'll, if you listen, especially, that's, and that's a great album. I love that myself, Sinatra at the Sands. You hear him, he can put in a little words depending on how he's feeling that day. He can change the words here or there, and it's not a problem. It's just, it's. Just, and do you do that? Do you sometimes sing them a little differently? Like maybe cuckoo one time? And uh... Yes. What happens is uh, it's the moment. It's the, the feel of the moment. When I'm singing up there, I may just say, fly me to the moon. And then uh, it, it, it depends on how the audience and the audience is reacting and how you feel it at the moment. Uh, I could go, fly me to the moon, or I could go, fly me to the moon. It's how you feel it at the moment. The other thing you do, of course, is you kind of get him inside you in the sense that it's not just the songs, although that's the most important part, but, but even the dialogue. He always did, you know, if you listen to Sinatra, the Sands, you hear it, he always had great dialogue at the time of the audience. Yes, he did. And uh, when I do shows, I do like 90-minute uh, shows uh, from tracks to orchestras, um, I always tell stories within the, sh- within the show about Frank and myself. Because when I pay, t- it's a paid tribute to Frank. That way I can be Gary. Right. Uh, but the little kicker is you've got the voice and somewhat of the look, and it, it just kind of brings it in. In other words, uh, I'm channeling Frank. Yeah, yeah, and I yeah. think people, first of all, even before they get out there, if they have a chance to see you, just go on YouTube. There's some great stuff there, and they will be surprised. Because, Gary, do you kind of get that sometimes? Are people they're coming in and they say, like, gee, I didn't expect that. They just expected a few songs. Maybe, you know, you'd be a good singer, that kind of thing. And it's so much more than that. Well, it's more than that because I have grew up, Frank, as a little kid. Um, growing up to, and, and actually living the lyrics. And that's how Frank was able to express himself, because he actually lived the lyrics. Uh, the, and so I, I grew up with that. Um, yeah, and I was singing, in the first place, you have to be an entertainer in order to do anything. Right, right. And I, I've, I've entertained, I, I've, I've done everything from, uh, from uh, bars to, uh, to, or, uh, to orchestra, with orchestras, all my life. But in fact, my father, my, I tell a little story about my father. Uh, when I was seven years old, uh, my dad, I used to bug my dad, I want to sing, I want to sing with your band, you're, they're in the house. Oh, you're not ready, kid, you're not ready. So uh, I finally convinced him, and uh, I sang a song, and he says, hey, you're doing okay, kid, but we're going to work on that intonation. But my father was my biggest influence and my biggest teacher growing up how to sing and how to, how to phrase. Because that is so important. I mean, exactly. Because, and it gets back to like what Rich Little said. Rich Little said that is by far the hardest of the singing impressions he had to do. Because, you know, I guess because Frank was such a professional. So it makes sense to me that your dad must have 
made sure that you were this top flight singer even before yes. you got into this type of thing. Yes, yes, uh, and he did that to all of us. I'm one of eleven, uh, so he wow. had a big <laughs> chore. <laughs> um, and uh, I had the uh, f- uh, others that were singers as well. So he would he would train us. Uh, uh, literally put the earphones on and m- put a tone on it, and made us sing that tone. Uh, and that's how he would uh, how to get perfect pitch. Growing up to listen to these tones and then sing them. It helps you get that perfect pitch. Oh yeah, well, and you know, you listen to Sinatra stuff, and you get, it's just—it's oh, yeah. like listening to an instrument in the same way that uh, from a female version, somebody like Ella Fitzgerald, you know, where you listen to that, and you go, "My gosh, what they can do with their voice!" <laughs> yeah, it, it's sort of like a, 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 a musical. T- I, I, I played—I uh, I played trumpet when I was a kid. Mm-hmm. So, and then I, I always loved playing those uh, ballads and the trumpet. So, what I'm actually singing is. Uh, like he did with the trombone, uh, uh, he he sang like an instrument. Right, right. Yeah. Wow. And breath control, all that breath control to hold that hold those notes. He, it was like an instrument. Yeah, it, it's incredible how you started because I, I understand you and your brother did a thing called Vegas Beat '68. That gives you an oh idea where that goodness. goes. <laughs> yeah, and and you got up there. That takes how old? I mean, that takes guts to do that. <laughs> I was fifteen and. My brother and I always would love show business. Uh, I, I used to go with my dad. He used to be called in to uh, play with Count Basie, Harry James, and, uh, and uh, Jimmy Dorsey wow. uh, in Vegas. So who would go with him but me? Because I know who everybody is. So I got to go backstage. I got a little taste of what it was like back then when I uh, would go backstage and Harry James is playing. And uh, I saw Count Basie backstage five times. Uh, I mean, it, it, what a thrill to just have a little taste of what it was like. Yeah, exactly. And that, that, that's that got to have helped you in this because you get that whole Vegas thing where the coolness of that era, which a lot of people yes. don't understand. I mean, he had a cool, you know, we were talking about those monologues. I mean, now you listen to back to that, and you go, oh, that's, you know, kind of, you know, harmless stuff. People don't realize back then it was real edgy stuff. And only a guy like Sinatra could get away with saying it. Yes, and he he said it through experience. We'll be back with more in just a few moments with Gary Anthony, considered by most critics to be the finest Sinatra impersonator in the world. And just like Frank, Gary is doing it his way. And now the end is near So I face the final curtain My friend Say it clear, I'll state my case, of which I'm certain. What is a man? What has he got? If not himself, then he has not to say the thing he truly feels. I took the gold and did it my way. From the famous to the fascinating, in a climate as fun, fast, and flashy as Las Vegas, this is Vegas Never Sleeps with Stephen Maggi. 
Forgotten Heroes, the independent film that Hollywood refused to distribute. They were asked to risk their lives in order to save their enemy. The producers of Forgotten Heroes are donating 25% of all sales to the American Veterans Disabled for Life Memorial Fund. We need someone to go in there and bring them out. From first-time director Jack Marino, the home run for America's Vietnam veterans. They are Forgotten Heroes. Buy the DVD now at ForgottenHeroesTheMovie.com. That's ForgottenHeroesTheMovie.com. I'm here with Logan Reed, my own personal business coach that does so much more than just business. Logan, do you find that people come to you thinking about business and ended up leaving where it's really about their entire life? That's actually a great question because what I find is that people often come to me and ask, am I a business coach, am I a career coach, am I a life coach? And I say, I don't care what you call me because when you change any part of your life, so if we're talking about your career or your relationship, it's going to change everything. So when we make changes in one part, it touches every part of our life. So how do we get involved? How do we get more information about about you and what you're doing? Sure. You can give me a call at 360-529-1848 or email me at logan at loganreadcoaching.com. And you could also check out my website if you want to learn more about me at loganreadcoaching.com. Waste management has earth-friendly plans that fit the biggest corporations and recycling programs to help smaller companies get started. We're there for you every night and on the job with you every day. When you put waste management to work, you get an environmental partner and big ideas for every size business. From everyday collection to environmental protection, think green, think waste management. To learn more, visit WM.com. Start spreading the news I'm leaving today I want to be a part of it New York, New York These are vagabondish shoes They are longing to stray Right through the very heart of it New York, New York I want to wake up In a city that doesn't sleep To find I'm king of the hill Top of the heap Are these a little town blues They are melting away Right through the very heart of it In old New York If I can make it there I'll make it anywhere It's up to you New York, New York We are back you're listening to the great Gary Anthony. Gary, I imagine doing justice to Sinatra's catalog takes a lot of work. 
you cannot do anything up there unless you experience, especially the lyrics, because you, it, the lyrics is telling a story. Uh, something like, when somebody loves you. You know, I'm telling you a story. Right, right. Uh, and you can say it different ways and different phrases, but the, but when I sing it, I'm going to tell you a story of, of what I'm feeling at the moment. Well, I know he always talks about you know being a saloon singer, you know, and how guys mm-hmm. guys got drunk. Well, he can encapsulate the feeling, but that's anything but a drunk singing. That's just unbelievable. It, yeah, it really it's tells a great a, story. Yeah, uh, it, it, it it was just fascinating growing up. And I couldn't wait to change my voice when I was twelve, <laughs> yeah. uh, because because of the the ballads were so beautiful that I wanted to hit those low notes like uh, "Hello, young lovers, whoever you are, I hope." You know, to hit yeah. those low notes, I was so excited to be able to do that. There were the various periods of Frank's life, you know, back in the big band days. And then yeah. he had the great swing, uh, the great swing stuff from Capitol. And then even later in his career, do you have to work on that? I mean, do you have to try to capture where he was at that time, or how do you do that? No, you know, it was funny. I grew up with him. Yeah, so in you other words, went through uh, all this, yeah. Yeah, I grew up with, I've been doing Frank since I was a kid. I've been singing those songs and experiencing the lyrics and experiencing the songs, and especially in how he did it. So I grew up Frank. Uh, it, it, it's almost like uh, Frank was interviewed uh, in Egypt, um, and they asked him, they said, would you like anybody to imitate you? Oh, and to impersonate you, I'm sorry. And, and he said, I would be honored. The only problem I have with it, it is that it would take a lifetime. And I understand what he means by that. Yes, it does take a lifetime to be able to try and uh, and step in his shoes and say, "How you doing, baby? This is the way it's going to be." And 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 be ninety minutes on a stage, Sinatra, not trying to be him, but to bring the spirit of him to the stage. Yeah, do you have to be careful of that? What I mean is I've seen some pretty good impersonators and so forth mm-hmm. that go out, but, but they try to overdo the cool, the Frank cool. I've seen your stuff on YouTube. Mm-hmm. You, you don't go over that line. So, you well, know, it, 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 that's great. Yeah, because I'm being me. I'm, I, I can be me because I, when I go and when it's Gary Anthony, it's a tribute to Frank, so I can be Gary. But... I want to be able to have the spirit of Frank on that stage and just be be as close to that spirit as possible and and just and and still be myself. Yeah, yeah. Well, you know, we were talking about you starting out. People might not realize that actually at a real young age, you know, you got up and did Vegas 68, but later on you did you toured as the Allens, which was yeah. your 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 brothers and stuff. <laughs> Yeah, what we did was when my father put us together, we were musicians. Uh, then I switched from trumpet to bass, guitar, and my other uh, siblings were, were musicians. So we put a band together. We started out as a barbershop to get the voices going on. And then we, uh, we ended up doing clubs. A club couldn't pay us back in 1969. A club couldn't pay us, so they gave us a school bus. Oh, okay. <laughs> so we were the actually, actually real Partridge family. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, and, and we had our school bus, and we traveled all over the state of California and all the state fairs and that school bus. We got lots of stories about that. Um, but, yes, yeah, we started at the Allen's. So then my dad introduced us to Seymour Helen Associates, who 
who was the manager of Liberace at the time. Mm-hmm. And they liked us. So they picked us up, and we, they, we, they started to promote us with our real name, and they said, well, you know what, uh, we can't use your name. We're going to call you the Allens. Uh, and we said, okay, that's fine. So they set us up with Mike Kerr Productions, who was with the yeah. Osmonds at the time, right? Yeah. And um, so we kind of joined forces with the Osmonds. We became the Allen family. Uh, and uh, so uh, Mike Kerr put us up on uh, Motown. Well, a lot, of, a lot of the other record labels, but Motown picked us up, which we made history. Yeah. <laughs> we were the first white Caucasian group, uh, family group to sign with Motown. Wow. And, I mean, that's yeah. what, that was something then. Yeah, exactly. And it mm-hmm. must have given you a certain credibility at the time because nobody danced the way Motown singers did. Right, right. And here we are, uh, a, a family. So we started doing uh, recording all the Motown stuff, which was so much fun to do. Uh, but, uh, yeah, it, it's a, it, it, started a, a great, it was a great adventure. And uh, if anybody wants to read up on, on it, they can always go to my website. And why don't you uh, give us that right now? Yeah, yeah. It would be uh, www.major, M-A-J-O-R-E-P.com, like Elvis Presley. Oh, okay, good. Yeah. yeah, I mean, this stuff is interesting. And if anybody, even from the rock side, remembers the cow sills, that's sort of what you guys were doing, you know? I mean, yeah. it was, yeah. And uh, going around like that. And again, it, it's tough because it was kind of limited. You know, you had to be, you had to stay young like that. I saw you were with a couple of, um, I'm trying to remember who they were. Some some people that ended up, oh, somebody from Little House on the Prairie was with you. And oh, yeah. Anson Williams. Our manager, our manager his name was Thor Arngrim. Uh, bless his heart. He uh, passed away uh, recently. Um, he was with Seymour Heller and Associates. Thor's daughter was the blonde, uh, the wicked blonde on uh, Little House on the Prairie. That was his right. daughter. Wow. Allison Arngrim. Yeah, and then also you yeah. were with Anson Williams, who was Potsy yeah. on Happy Days. Yeah, we did a lot of we did a lot of uh, their their programs and their events, and uh, so we as the Allens we did uh, uh, their shows. We, they had shows going on, so we we were part of their shows. We were welcome to be in, and uh, also Doris Doris Day's uh, Actors and Animals for uh, uh, Actors and Others for Animals. Um, a funny story about Doris Day is that when we did it, she fell in love with us as the Allens. And about 10 years later, I go walking into uh, uh, the hamburger store, or the, the hamburger hamlet yeah. in Hollywood, and she says, Hi, how you doing? I said, this 10 years later. <laughs> yeah. I said, you remember me? <laughs> that's uh, quite a compliment. Yeah, that's yeah no nice. kidding. I guess we met, gave a great impression. <laughs> well, you, had but, a, you know, your career was interesting because you did that, and then, of course, the, that – faded away as, as it would normally mm-hmm. do, and you stayed in the music business for a while. Then you decided to do what you're doing, and you, you've been doing it for a whole while now. What, just, what was it? Just a thing like, you know, I love this guy's music. I want to do something like that and keep my own personality in it. And uh, what, what made you decide to just pull the trigger? Is just one of those things you had to do? Yes. You know, it has been haunting me. I've been in business, big business, and here and there, and the music was haunting me. Frank was haunting me. And about 1994, I was uh, in studio productions and other things, and I just had, I made the decision to move to Las Vegas in 1994 to fulfill the, this dream. Uh, it, I, I just had to do it. I, it was one of those things, I, like I was, it was just haunting me. And I, I said to myself, it's time to get to Las Vegas, because I was singing for all the stars in Beverly Hills at the time, but nothing was happening. Nothing was going on. They loved me as Frank. 
Um, all the stars just love me. I do all their. I did all their benefits and their private parties, and but nothing really was grasping. So I decided in Las Vegas they were doing celebrity impersonators at the time through the 80s and 90s. I, I packed it up and moved to Las Vegas. I had to fulfill it. I can make it bit faster in Las Vegas than I was doing in L.A. In All right. Vegas. So I, I went to Las Vegas, and thank God I did because I established myself since 94 up until now to worldwide. So um, it was the right time for me to go because I had the desire to not – I didn't think I would really – impersonate Frank. I just wanted to get out there and, and, and do this thing for Frank. We will be back with our final moments with Gary Anthony and talk to author Rob Mish again when we return. You're listening to Vegas Never Sleeps with Stephen Maggi. I get no kick from champagne alcohol it doesn't move me at all so tell me why should it be true that i get a kick out of you some like the pop type refrain i'm sure that if i heard even one rip with the four me to rip thickly too Yet I get a, a kick out of you I get a kick every time I see you standing there before me I get a kick though it's clear to me You obviously don't adore me I get no kick in a plane Flying too high With some gal in the sky Is my dear Nothing to do Yet I get a kick Out of you World-class hotels, dining, gaming, special events, and more. This is Vegas Never Sleeps with Stephen Maggi. Are you looking to save money on your prescription medications? Are your prescription costs too high? Are you paying out of pocket for your meds? Or is your copay too high? Well, if you answered yes to any of these questions, you've got to check out the RX Cut free prescription discount card. And getting your free discount card is easy. All you do is go to the website rxcutdiscounts.com. The free RX Cut prescription discount card allows you to get significant discounts on either brand name or generic prescription medications, and it also works on meds with high copays. There are no fees, no forms, no personal information needed, and the cards are active immediately. Discount cards are also good for the entire family, and they never expire. Again, to get your free discount cards, visit rxcutdiscounts.com. 
you may get the free discount card either by U.S. mail, email, text, or simply print out the discount card online. It's just that easy. Dear Daddy, dear Mom, I love you. I miss you. Every year, Snowball Express honors the children of fallen soldiers. Hi, everybody. I'm Tony Orlando. Join me in proudly supporting Snowball Express, a nonprofit that creates opportunities to help heal the children of our fallen heroes. We can never repay the sacrifice our soldiers have made, but we can honor them by giving back to their children. Donate now at snowballexpress.org. You may not realize it, but there's a source of renewable energy right in your neighborhood, and you're helping to power it. Today, waste management is using the resources at our disposal to create energy from waste. Enough green energy to power over one million homes. It's an idea we're proud to drive forward. From everyday collection to environmental protection, think green, think waste management. Fly me to the moon, let me play among the stars. Let me see what spring is like on Jupiter and Mars. In other words, hold my hand. In other words, hey. song and let me sing forevermore you are all i long for all i worship and i adore in other words please be true in other words i'm in love with you take it away boys You are listening to Gary Anthony, the voice you've been hearing all day that sounds just like Frank Sinatra. There's some great people that do fantastic impressions and that kind of yes. thing. Yours isn't really an impression. It really is a tribute of somebody who sings and, and, and can replicate a lot of that feeling without making it some sort of iconic thing where you know, you're know you trying to be funny, that kind of thing, in a different right. way. I love it. And apparently... You know, you talk about this thing. Hit going to Vegas was a smart move because you got the NBA uh, of all groups to use you in one of their ads. Uh, yeah, would you sing? Yeah, I, I've got I've got you under my skin or something. Was that right? Yeah, that was their uh, theme song for, and they played that a whole year. Uh, uh, I was the body double of Frank, is what I was. Uh, I was so I was honored to be able to do it. They flew me to Philadelphia. It was for uh, their commercial. Yeah, NBA Basketball Association. So uh, that was so much fun to do. Oh, that's great. That's great. And, and Delta course, Airlines, too. You yeah, did. Delta. They call, I went for the audition, and I walked in. Okay, who's in charge here? It looks like it's me. And they said, that's him. <laughs> <laughs> they said, yeah, we want him. <laughs> you know, and that's true. I mean, it's funny. I think you do have to spend a lifetime kind of channeling this guy because he – he was bigger. I mean, you know, it, it, outside of maybe you know kids that grew up with, like, say, the Beatles or something, outside of something like that, there's nothing even close to it, you know. And, and you know, he just would come walk into a room, and I know a few people that were fortunate enough to be with him. They say, you know, it just 
it stops. This was even late in his life, you know. His personality overwhelms the room. Yes, it does. It does. It's, uh, this is an icon that will that will always be here, and um, it, 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 you're absolutely right. It it it's just it it's the it's that aura uh, that he just walks in and bam, everybody pays attention. It's just it's just unreal. It's fantastic. Yeah, and you know you're doing a lot of fun things. I mean, you do some Rat Pack tributes, which have got to be a blast. Uh, you know, do you have any particular favorites to work with that you really enjoy and can kind of? Yes, uh, Andy Domino and uh, Lambus Dean are my favorites. Uh, there are other guys that do great, uh, uh, Dean and Sammy's. Um, uh, it's just that I've been with them longer than the others. You know, another yeah. thing you've done, too, before we let you go, we got to talk. You do an international jazz festival in Jakarta, I believe, where right. you, you join people like Stevie Wonder and Bobby mm-hmm. Caldwell. I mean, that has to be exciting, too, because it's not like you're forgotten by these people that are around today in the stars. I mean, you're right in there, and people just seem to love it. Yeah. Um, in Jakarta, the, the CEO got a hold of me and said, we'd love to have you, and I looked him up, and I said, yeah, I'd like to go. And here, here's Stevie Wonder. <laughs> here's all these. And and what was fun was being on the plane, um, and all the stars are there, all the uh, entertainers are there, and they come and, and they come by, by and say, "How you doing, Frank?" <laughs> <laughs> uh, That's but, a lot of fun. Uh, yeah, I was with the Ron King uh, All Star Big Band out of Los Angeles, and what a remarkable band they are. You know, they read the charts to the T. And if you go, yeah, if you go to YouTube and type in Gary Anthony, Frank Sinatra, you'll find me. Well, and uh, let's talk about that, because before you leave, mm-hmm. I want to make sure people know. So first of all, if we go there, can we find out about New Year's Eve? Because I know a lot of people are trying to make plans. This could be a great mm-hmm. thing to go see. Yeah, yeah, I'll be, I'll be there at the uh, Club Fortune Casino in Henderson. Mm-hmm. Thank God it's off the Strip. <laughs> well, I'll get you out of a real like a, a zoo for that night. You can kind yeah, of enjoy it. It really is. Uh, I'd have to get there like uh, early in order to, and sit there and wait for the night. But um, it's in Henderson, both of them, mm-hmm. and uh, from seven to nine, New Year's Eve, um, uh, Club Fortune Casino. Just look it up. To, look it up on uh, the internet, and then uh, right down the street from there is going to be uh, Railroad Pass Casino. I'll be there to one in the morning. Uh, which will be a lot of fun. Also, uh, let's see, I will be in February 10th, uh, 2017, uh, at the Aventura Arts and Cultural Center. Aventura um, uh, is outside of Miami, Florida. That will be February 10th, 8 o'clock p.m. show. And for those in Thousand Oaks, um, this is my second return there, uh, the Janet and Ray Schur Forum Theater. Arts Plaza in Thousand Oaks, California. They'll be there February 25th uh, at 7.30 p.m. showtime. And finally, yeah. your Facebook page. Uh, what's that? Uh, yeah, my Facebook is uh, facebook.com slash gAnthony3. Well, we will go there and keep an eye on what you're doing and let us know anytime you're in Vegas or, for that matter, anywhere you're going. Gary, thank you so much for chatting with us today. We really oh, appreciate well, thank it. thank you so much for having me. Coming up now, we continue our conversation with Rob Mish, who we spoke to last week. He's written three great books. Last week, we discussed baseball star Bryce Harper. This week's book concerns a sport that seems forgotten in the 21st century. And I find this really interesting. It's End of Cowards and True Men. 
Yeah. And it's about a bo- the world of boxing. And that's why I think it's just so incredible. You get with trainer Kenny Adams, uh, who yep. has got an incredible record. I mean, he's the best in the business there. And you get back, I mean, I, I picture all those old movies from the 40s and 50s where, you know, guys are spitting into uh, yeah. buckets and so forth. That feel of like from Rocky when you're watching him train. It it really is a fascinating story, and I think people really need to see that that world hasn't changed all that much in that regard. Not at all, Steve. And thanks for mentioning it, and thanks for the thanks for the kudos because I just I just slipped into that. It was just really bizarre because I was putting the UCLA book to bed, and for a few years here, I I have had friends. Uh, I've got some real close friends who know what I do, and uh, about. Eight years ago, a couple friends started telling me about this this lightweight from Uganda who who uh, just came into town, and he's this promising lightweight. His name is Sharif Bogare, B-O-G-E-R-E. I believe at this point his record is something like 27-1, 28-1. But as he moved here, uh, I began hearing uh, from these people, you know, hey, Sharif is 4-0. Sharif is 8-0. He's 11-0. He's 13 and 0. He's 15 and 0. So I kept hearing about this kid who, who just is not losing. And so uh, once I, I I got on the 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 finishing side of the UCLA book, I was able to come up for air. I found Sharif in town. Found out where he was he was um, practicing, and uh, it's a gym maybe three miles from my house. So that again lucked out real easily. And so I started going to this gym not knowing what I was getting into. Uh, I just went there initially to see him work out, to see, watch him spar, to meet his people, and uh, took him to lunch that day. And I went back there three days later, and I talked to his trainer, Kenny Adams. I talked to his manager. Um, I went back two days later. I went back two days later. And then I went back the next day, and then the next day, and then the next day. And I went back there for every for every day of 18 months, and it just sucked me into the world. And, you know, as a sports writer, you hear about boxing, and you hear about the deceitfulness, the the dirtiness, the uh, uh, just how, how dark it is. And so I had always wanted to stick my nose in that world. I never knew how it happened, and this is how it happened. And the stuff that I saw and smelled and witnessed, and it was it was beyond anything I could have ever ever imagined. Uh, it is it is a vulgar, just crass world. And I told my mom that uh, you you won't want to read this. You're you're going to want to pass this one by because it is not meant for nuns, choir boys, or Girl Scouts. It is just in your face, and it's raw and I decided I was not going to hide anything. I was not going to mitigate it. Everything, anything. You're going to hear what I heard, and it's 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 beyond the pale of what I could have imagined that world is like. And, well, and, uh, and I think it's great you're writing, particularly from Vegas, because I tell you, I think people associate Vegas and championship fights, right? In the days yeah. of Muhammad Ali and these big fights. Well, that's all great, but this world exists, and I yeah. mean, it, and you don't get to that championship fight. There's no way around this. Okay. Yeah. And it's just so wonderful that you got in there and see something that, you know, hasn't progressed. It's this other dark world. uh, And and yet it it still goes on. Life goes on. It hasn't changed. Right, Stephen. And the magnificent part about it is hooking up with Kenny Adams because while Sharif drew me in, I knew at some point, the second day I went back there, I knew that Kenny was the story. I, I knew that what this man has seen in his life 
what he has done, this is it. I just stumbled upon a gold mine. And if, if people aren't familiar with Kenny Adams, there's a good reason. He's very much under the radar, and he very much doesn't deserve to be because uh, he spent 30 years in the military. He brought uh, a, a base in uh, Texas from nothing to the very premier boxing unit in all of the military. And Kenny was an assistant coach on our Olympic team in 84, and then that led to him becoming our head coach for our 88 Olympic team. That just happened to be the most, uh, uh, wow, I don't even know how to put it. It was just the craziest boxing Olympics in, in Olympics history um, with uh, matches being fixed and with uh, yeah. the deceit that was going on and the games and Lo and behold, in the middle of that tornado is Hurricane Kenny himself. So that was that was very fitting. So uh, the point I'm, I'm making is what Kenny has done as an amateur coach, and then right after that Olympics, he came here. So he's been here in Vegas for 28 years as a professional coach, and he has coached, I believe the number is 26. He's had 26 world champions. So what he has done as an amateur and as a professional trainer is unmatched. Nobody can touch it. Customato, there's nobody living or dead who has done what Kenny has done in both of those worlds. So for me, to stumble upon that was just, it's beyond any words. And this guy, since he was born, he has had such an uphill struggle. At six months of age, his parents dropped him off at an aunt's house. And so Kenny has nine siblings, none of whom he's close to. He is know nothing but fisticuffs in his life and just fighting for everything in his life. And so to chronicle his life was uh, beyond rich. If you like sports, Rob's writing is incredible. I mean, these are three books you can read. They're all different. I mean, you can just tell by what we've talked about. All three are different. All are fascinating, particularly, well, one's not better than the other. It's all kind of what you like. But I got to say, if you're not a sports fan, I still think the the story of Kenny Adams in the book is End of Cowards and True Men is something you'll love because it's it's just you can't make up things like that. Rob, let's tell people how can they get a hold of these books? They're all worth reading. And uh, what do you recommend? What's the best way yeah. to do it? Well, uh, Amazon is uh, is a fantastic outlet, and you can go to Amazon dot com and you can type in my name R O B last name is M I E C H M is in Milwaukee I E C H, and I have my own author page on Amazon.com, and all the books are right there. So you can poke into them, see reviews, and poke into the books themselves and see what you think. And um, hopefully, you know, something will interest you. You know, I think I think all three kind of come down to, you know, whether you can talk about whether they're sports or not. Obviously, they're sports, but it's just people trying to do what they do best. And uh, the human element is is just runs courses through all of them but but you're right steve that boxing book is uh it'll yeah absolutely it'll it'll, it'll, it'll bring out some reactions you know sure. you talk about the olympics and i remember at the time really incredible stuff they used to do up close and personal and that's yeah. what i think of with these things you're going to know about these people where you're going to care about them as human beings and not just what they've accomplished right. and stuff right. great stuff rob uh, what do you uh, anything you looking into i mean there's a hockey team coming out to las vegas what's your next uh <laughs> Yeah, well, um, it's funny we're talking right now, Steve, because I am just now putting my fourth book to bed, and it has nothing to do with sports. Oh. A couple in a couple in Portland, um, uh, uh, this man found me about 13 months ago, 
and it's basically about uh, a couple tragedies he and his wife have been through, most of which takes place in Milwaukee, and uh, just harrowing stuff and two big tragedies. And, and they, they wanted to make their stories known so that anybody in any, any position close to what they've been in, they, they have something to relate to as far as uh, recovering and survival and what, what is truly important in life. And uh, it's, it's, it's got me so drained. I mean, this is this, this feeling I have right now. I'm, I'm just I'm polishing the very last stage of this manuscript. And uh, when I get to this stage, it's, it's so familiar because uh, I've been at this stage for those three previous books, and I'm just absolutely so mentally drained. Uh, if I sleep 12 hours, that's not enough because it just has me so, so zonked. Uh, and so it'll be good to have this one done. I have an idea for a fifth one, um, which could be a big deal. And uh, just kind of continuing to gather ideas and we'll go forth with uh, stuff that presents itself. Well, please stay in touch with us. We'll have you on when that book's out and when the next Great. one comes out as well. Thanks, Rob. Really enjoyed chatting with you. That's, that's my pleasure. Thank you, Steve. Visit us at VegasNeverSleeps.com. This is Vegas Never Sleeps with Stephen Maggi. What can you do to prevent mosquitoes from spreading West Nile virus? The most important thing you can do is get rid of standing water on your property now. That's where mosquitoes breed. Don't leave standing water in outside pet water bowls, old tires, potted plants, anything that holds stagnant water. Dump birdbath water and replace every two or three days. Drain and cover unused swimming pools. Let's do it together and hit mosquitoes where they breed. Learn how at beyondpesticides.org mosquito. A public service message from Beyond Pesticides. You'd never suspect that you could find natural beauty as part of a working landfill. You can. Today, waste management landfills provide more than 17,000 acres of protected land for wildlife habitats. Working closely with communities and the Wildlife Habitat Council, we can ensure there will be protected space for native animal and plant life to thrive. From everyday collection to environmental protection. Think green. Think waste management. I'm here with Logan Reed, my own personal business coach. You know, a lot of people may think this is all a bunch of psychobabble and that kind of thing. But in reality, this is stuff that on the surface may seem like we're going to explore our background. But actually, we're just getting really in touch with ourselves to see how we can be more successful. Is that what you try to do with people? It is. So I'm not so interested in what's happened in the past. What I'm looking for is where people are now, where they want to be, and coaching always takes place in the gap. So what are the things, where are the places where they're getting stopped that's in that gap? And then when we move through those, they end up having what they want, whatever their goal is for themselves. Okay, we're all excited about it now. So how do we get involved? How do we get more information about about you and what you're doing? Sure, you can give me a call at 360-529-1848 or email me at logan at loganreadcoaching.com. And you could also check out my website if you want to learn more about me at loganreadcoaching.com.
Time now for our Vegas insider, Scott Robin of VitalVegas.com. Today's topic is Circus Circus, which some visitors might actually shy away from. And they might think, oh, this is a place just for kids, but they do have plenty of stuff for adults as well. That's true. Uh, the kids uh, have to wait until they're 12 to start gambling at Circus Circus. <laughs> no, no, they. Uh, it is a it is a weird vibe at Circus Circus. It really is a rarity amongst Las Vegas casinos because you will walk by the 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 uh, the midway area and there are kids playing games. Then you walk over to the casino. There's adult playing games. You kind of feel like it's a. Uh, they're kind of breeding that into the, you know, the really only the only difference between gambling and these uh, arcades and midway games is kind of like you get tickets rather than cash. But uh, kind of an interesting culture. But yeah, especially in the case of Circus Circus, that steakhouse is a standout. It is an oasis in the middle of a kid-friendly. They've got Adventure Dome. They've got the Midway. They've got the Circus Axe. But you go in that steakhouse, and you will not believe that experience. And you can read Scott Robin every week at VitalVegas.com. Just a quick comment about the steakhouse at Circus Circus. This is an old school steakhouse for lovers of great beef, potatoes, soups, and so forth. And unlike most of the town's great steakhouses, your meal comes with super salad and all the fixings. If you don't believe me, just take the time to look up the reviews online. Most diners give it five stars and mention that it's a great meal at a fair price. Let's take a trip back in time with our good friend Steve Cutler, founder of the Casino Legends Hall of Fame. Today's topic features a man that is responsible for Circus Circus and more. A lot of people have heard of Jay Sarno, but a lot haven't. Tell us a little about Sarno. He's real, another real important player in the history of this town. Well, I'm going to give Jay Sarno the credit for creating and inventing the themed casino as we know it today. Uh, and that's uh, because of uh, actually Circus Circus and Caesar's Palace. Uh, he's going to get all the credit in my book. Even though we had themed casinos prior to that, they were all the same theme, and that was Western. Uh, but he's the one that, that said, you know what, we're going to do something different in Las Vegas. And uh, today you can visit Paris, you can visit Rome, uh, you can visit... Uh, uh, Egypt, I mean, there's just no end, and, and it's all in one city. It's unbelievable. Vegas is uh, incredible uh, as a result of that, and Jay Sarno gets that credit in my book, and he's also in the Hall of Fame. When we return, we will discuss things to do at Christmas time in Las Vegas. You're listening to Vegas Never Sleeps with Stephen Maggi. Is there something you've always wanted to know about Las Vegas? Drop us a line at info at VegasNeverSleeps.com. This is Vegas Never Sleeps with Stephen Maggi. 
Forgotten Heroes, the independent film that Hollywood refused to distribute. They were asked to risk their lives in order to save their enemy. The producers of Forgotten Heroes are donating 25% of all sales to the American Veterans Disabled for Life Memorial Fund. We need someone to go in there and bring them out. From first-time director Jack Marino, the home run for America's Vietnam veterans. They are Forgotten Heroes. Buy the DVD now at ForgottenHeroesTheMovie.com. That's ForgottenHeroesTheMovie.com. This year, more than 172,000 people will be told they have lung cancer. Lung cancer. 60% will wonder why, why, as they never smoked or quit smoking years ago. Lung cancer will kill 163,000 people this year. More people than breast, prostate, colon, liver, and kidney cancers combined, making it by far America's number one cancer killer. Cancer killer. But there is hope. New treatments are available and more are on the way. The Lung Cancer Alliance is working to focus attention and research on lung cancer to develop early detection tools and more treatment options. Lung Cancer Alliance is leading the charge as the only organization solely dedicated to providing support, resources, and a voice for people touched by lung cancer and those at risk for the disease. Join us in the fight against lung cancer. The time has come. No more excuses. No more lung cancer. To learn more, visit Visit LungCancerAlliance.org or call 1-800-298-2436. As you may already know, trees do more than beautify our world. They help clean the air of carbon dioxide, a major greenhouse gas. As North America's largest recycler, last year alone, waste management recycled enough paper to save over 41 million trees. How's that for thinking green? From everyday collection to environmental protection, think green, think waste management. Christmas in Las Vegas, what a time and what a place. I think when you think about Christmas, you don't necessarily think Las Vegas, but you should. And we're going to talk about it with me now as our producer, Judy Cook, who helps get all these wonderful guests on the show and helps me put the show together. Judy, welcome, first of all, to Vegas Never Sleeps. Well, thanks, Steve. It's nice to talk to everybody today, and uh, let's have some fun. Well, we're going to have some fun, and there's a lot of things that you can do in Vegas that might not come to mind in the beginning. For example, if you like the cold weather, and it does get cold in Vegas in the wintertime, but not super cold, but you think of skating and that kind of thing, and you can do it. There's a wonderful ice rink at the Cosmopolitan, which is unbelievable. They take their fourth floor outdoor pool and turn it into an ice rink for the holidays, Uh it's a wonderful thing. There's an actual ice-making machine there to produce a skating surface for visitors. And, of course, if there's Vegas, it's food. They've got some great things around there. Is that something you and your husband, Chris, like to do uh, Christmas time, Judy? Well, you know, not very coordinated. So trying to keep the doctor bills low um, and off of skates. But it does look like fun for people that are more coordinated. And I will say, I have been to Las Vegas in the winter and it can get cold, so definitely bring your jackets. But if you like being outdoors, this is a great place to be. Yeah, and it's only 15 bucks for all-day access. It's a wonderful deal, especially if you got the kids with you. $5 skate rental, and you, of course, go to the Cosmopolitan on the Strip, and you'll find that uh, skating rink. Sounds good. I'd like, I think I'd be uh, into checking out those s'mores, too. Ah, sounds good. And speaking of chocolate, number two on our list is FLM. Tell us a little about that, if you would, Judy. Well, you know, it's a place that you can go when you're out there in the desert in the southwest. And what they've done is at the Ethel M. Chocolate Factory, 
they've decorated their cactus gardens, and there are half a million lights up that everybody can take a look at. It's not far from the Strip, and it's a great way to check out some beautiful Christmas lights, and I'm hoping that they'll also have chocolate available, at the very least on those cold days and evenings. Some hot cocoa may be available, but I guess you're going to have to check into that. Well, I and will also, check into that because their chocolate is great, and you can always get free samples there. So I, I hope right, they have your idea. it's free to do this. It's also free to do this. Yes, yeah, one of those great things. There are a lot of free things to do. And there's another interesting, if you want to go do something completely different, how about Cowboy Christmas? You know, when you think of Las Vegas, doesn't everybody think of cowboys? Well, in Vegas... They have a nine-day event, and I guess it's been going on for, this is going to be its 31st year. Wow. Great And it, it's, it's a great way to kind of do Christmas a little bit different. You know, I've lived on the East Coast and the West Coast, and it's kind of interesting to see the, the different cultures. And the cowboy culture on the West is huge, so you can check this out. Again, it's a nine-day event, and there's a lot of... Um, there are a lot of vendors there, so you can su- supply yourself with all the cowboy accessories that you need, um, cowgirls as well. And this is going to be at the convention center. And again, this is another free event that people can go and enjoy themselves and not cost a whole lot of money to take the family to. So as you can see, there's plenty of stuff to do around the Christmas time in Las Vegas. We're going to have more next week. Thanks for joining us, and thanks for being with us today, Judy. Thanks for having me on, Steve. And thank you all for joining us today. This is Stephen Maggi reminding you, Vegas never sleeps. See you next week for more excitement and energy from the desert. This is Vegas Never Sleeps with Stephen Maggie.